1: Or miss. episode 140. Hey, Richards, I'm Chayut, and I'm so happy to be here on Monday morning again. Hopefully, all the new podcast platform changes are behind us. And I have with me today Nick Loper, the host of the top podcast side hustle show. Nick Loper helps people earn money outside of their day job. He's an author, online entrepreneur, and host of the award-winning Side Hustle Show podcast, which features new part-time business ideas each week. As Chief Side Hustler at SideHustleNation.com, he loves deconstructing the tactics and strategies behind building extra income streams. Let's welcome together, Nick Loper. Nick Loper, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi.
0: Thanks so much for uh, for having me.
1: It's a pleasure. It's a real pleasure to have you. And I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading?
0: What am I doing today? Well, I am pumped because uh, I've had a couple sick kids at home with me all week and they are finally back, uh, back at preschool today. So I am uh, having a burst of productivity, uh, working on (laughs) some uh, blog content, some podcast content for uh, the Side Hustle Show and uh, just in general, uh, feeling good to get uh, back at it.
1: Hmm. Nick, tell me about your podcast. How did you come there? What are you doing today? Where are you looking to go further
0: Sure, sure. So, I host the uh, weekly Side Hustle show, which is about uh, how to build a business in your spare time, creative ways to make extra money. I've been doing it since 2013. Just past 10 million lifetime downloads. It's wow. been a total life-changing wow. project which just started as a as a little part-time experiment with a with a $50 mic from my living room. <laughs> it's taken on a, a total life of its own. I Absolutely love putting together the show every week and connecting with some really, really inspiring entrepreneurs with the stuff that they've uh, been able to build. Uh, that's kind of the uh, the main focus. There's a, a blog component to the project as well at SideHustleNation.com. The, I mean, the whole thing started uh, on the side from my original Side Hustle, which turned into a full-time business. That was in uh, the affiliate marketing space. It was a comparison shopping site for footwear where I would pull in the catalogs from Zappos and Amazon and all these other um, online footwear retailers and tell you where you could get the best price on your next pair of shoes. And for every sale that came through the site, I would earn a commission on that. Um, So that was the main business for a long time. That was the vehicle that let me Uh, quit my job and you know become a full-time entrepreneur like living the dream (laughs) and it was on the side from that after running it for several years um i was like hey maybe we should start a show
1: how did the idea of the show which is one of the uh, very successful shows for entrepreneurs if any one of our listeners doesn't know that yet but how how did you start with the show
0: honestly, like from a lot of uh, peer pressure, it was the, the idea that like, well, you know, if you want to start a personally branded project, you know, you're going to have to put yourself out there a little bit. And I had kind of been happy behind the scenes in a lot of ways. Like the, the shoe business, like nobody cared that it was run by Nick Loper. It didn't matter. Right. It was just Mm -hmm. like, you know, here's the information I'm looking for. Thank you. Goodbye. Um, With And then kind of like during some soul searching during kind of one of the periods of, you know, lots of ups and downs in that that footwear business. It was during one of those times where it's like, okay you know, what do you want to be known for when somebody Googles you? Like, what do you never get tired about talking about? What really Hmm. lights you up? And over and over again, this idea of a lower risk brand of entrepreneurship kept coming up, like evaluating uh, different business models, business ideas. That stuff was fascinating and still is fascinating to me. Hmm. And so I was like, okay, maybe there's something to this. And then the the term side hustle kind of stuck in my head. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll Yeah, which is a great name. We'll focus you know, let's focus on this for a little bit. And so that was uh that was kind of the, the early days of, of that project.
1: Was it before Gary Varnachuk started to talk about hustling all the time? Or <laughs> uh, or was it was the same time?
0: I'm not sure. I definitely didn't invent the term.
1: Yeah, but... Uh,
0: um, but have kind of ridden, ridden the wave of an increase uh, in interest in, uh, in the side hustle, for sure.
1: Sure. Hmm. And who are most of your listeners today? Are they all entrepreneurs? What do you feel about them? Did they change with time? Did it come from startup founders to people that just left their nine to five? Who are the customers or the people that listen to you today?
0: The majority of listeners are those who are working a traditional job, but looking for ways out or looking for ways at least to earn extra income on the side. Um, and there's a handful of people who've, who've made that leap and still tune in for specific tactics and growth strategies and stuff. But that's the my majority of the listener base is that person who is working, working a job and looking to earn something uh, on the side or start something on the side.
1: Are you familiar with JLD, which only dominates? Of course, yes. You are, I guess. It's almost the same person, isn't it? I was. Um, I thought you were going to say entrepreneurs, but it makes sense that uh, those who wishful or wish to be entrepreneurs uh, are the main listeners.
0: And many people who you know, they've started something on the side. Now they're looking to grow it. So, it kind of, is that range from someone looking for an idea to someone having started something and now looking to grow it? See that person who's graduated to running a full-time business. I just don't have the uh, the production machine that uh, that John has to do a daily show for, for 2,000 straight episodes.
1: No, but now he's not doing a daily show anymore, unfortunately, because I love that, but like I understand that it's almost impossible. For me, it's a side hustle as well, the podcast, but uh, yeah. are you focusing on doing that? Do you keep doing the SEO or other digital marketing?
0: Yeah, that's been the SEO side of things has been something of a really fun, I don't know, if, you know, thing for lack of a better word, fun thing to learn um, and take a deeper dive on in the last few years. Okay, what really impacts the rankings and evaluating, you know, which keywords get searched for and what's the competitiveness like and like how can we put together a resource that's better or more compelling or interesting or helpful than what's already out there. And then it's really rewarding to watch that stuff upon having done that research and gone through that creation process to like have something that within hmm. a few weeks is now on the first page of Google. It feels like alchemy in a way, like you're just creating something yeah. out of nothing, you know, creating this traffic out of nowhere. And hmm. that's that's really exciting.
1: It is. And are you doing with that something? Are you trying to build new, uh, new sites, new podcasts or... Are you doing it only for the side hustle or for different expressions or different new trends?
0: Primarily for Side Hustle Nation, there's one other main site that I run. It's called virtualassistantassistant.com. It's a directory and review platform for virtual assistant companies and outsourcing companies. And so that site actually was a a pre-Side Hustle to Side Hustle Nation. (laughs) That site's been running even a little bit longer since 2011 and you know so i try and um, try and learn and experiment with some seo stuff uh, over there too
1: hmm. you've been an entrepreneur uh, quite a while now and uh, you're talking with a lot of entrepreneurs and i want to ask you what would be your best advice to any uh, entrepreneur out there i started this podcast because i felt uh, after many years in the traditional marketing and uh, leading brands I uh, found out that the uh, entrepreneurs are failing for less or not being familiar with um, marketing and sales. So I started to talk with entrepreneurs about focus on their customers. Yeah. And that's what I am looking to hear. If you have any advice that has to do with approaching your customer or customer focus or you are already uh, having 10 million is it downloads or listeners?
0: Yeah, definitely not per episode. That's over the course of six and a half years. <laughs> so, no, no, no,
1: no, no, of course. It's 10 million uh, downloads or listeners?
0: Uh, downloads is the metric that I get. So so who knows? People may download it to their device and just delete it three months later. I don't know. Uh, but uh, the, the podcast analytics leave a little bit uh, to be desired. It's
1: an incredible, incredible number. So you succeeded to focus on your listeners, your people, and perhaps at the other site as well, as the virtual uh, assistant site as well. And I'm asking what would be your uh, best advice regarding customer focus?
0: Sure. So the way that I tend to look at it in terms of the podcast, and you can substitute podcast for blog, YouTube channel, Instagram account, service business, uh Product, physical product business. The way I like to look at it is trying to climb that customer period, or in my case, like a listener period. The base of the pyramid is strangers. These are the people who've never heard of you. Your job is to uh, elevate them on the pyramid from strangers to listeners. From there, you climb from listeners to subscribers. And at the peak of the pyramid, from subscribers to fans. And so everything that I do, content wise, marketing wise, is really aimed at one point in that ladder, like trying to get people to the next rung on that ladder in terms of podcast discovery, in terms of how do I uh, convince someone who maybe has listened once to come back and listen again, and then how do they become a a fan? And the biggest uh, transition point that I've seen from subscriber to fan is like once they have taken action on something that you've said or something that your guest has said, and seen results from that, like that is the magical moment. And maybe, Hmm. you know, that varies, depending on whatever uh, business that you're in. But I'll meet people at conferences, they say, hey, I listened to episode such and such. And now I'm making a 1000 extra dollars a month, like that person Hmm. is a fan for life, that is the evangelist, they're going to be the ones spreading the word for you, because now they've seen a direct result. And so that's kind of how I tend to think about the the customer-focused journey.
1: I love it. Do you do any activities in order to actually help make this transmission from a stranger to a listener, to a subscriber, and of course to a fan, or you're using just the blog and the the podcast itself?
0: There's the blog, there's the podcast, there's the email list, which gives me a touch point for uh, reaching potentially infrequent listeners, like maybe they've opted in for an episode specific lead magnet or something else on the site. And now they have, uh, I have another touch point. So hey, here's this week's episode, you might want to check it out. Plus, they've got something in their inbox that's easy to forward to a friend if they think it's something that sounds interesting or helpful, like, hey, you ought to check this out versus, hey, you ought to go download this app and check out this app. Like there's, there's so such a big hurdle to getting people on board with podcasts, um, but having something in your inbox, maybe that's easy to uh, to forward and pass along. And then the other component is a uh, Facebook community. It's at uh, sidehustlenation.com FB. We'll uh, redirect you over there. This is a group that um, has been running for several years. It's I think over 15,000 oh. members now. And this is another touch point where it's not necessarily – you know, one to many. It's not necessarily me broadcasting out on the blog or podcast, but it's like this many to many community where people are interacting with each other. Audience members are interact, interacting with each other, asking and answering questions and giving feedback and support. And that's been really rewarding hmm. to see that grow and kind of bubble up organically and see some of the, the conversations and ideas that go uh, back and forth in there.
1: And if I, um, have to take, and we will of course put the links to uh, everything that uh, we talked about now. But if um, I'm trying to say that as an advice, how would you uh, how would you put it?
0: I guess the maybe the common theme is the more touch points you can have, the better. Mm. Um, there's probably some sales data that says, well, you got to have seven touch points before you make a sale." So don't give up after you know the first no that you get or your first outbound. Uh, email gets ignored Mm -hmm. or something like that. And I think the same is true because building a a side hustle, building a business is like this multi-year journey that's going to have a lot of steps and hurdles and things along the way. And so the community aspect and having somebody in your corner or a group of people in your corner has, I think, been really helpful because some of the people have been listening and they've been members for years. And it's been awesome to kind of watch their journey and their evolution And for similar reasons, I don't know if you ever have heard of the the Choose F.I. podcast. It's Choose Financial Independence. No. Similar. Like the journey to financial independence is this multi-year, sometimes multi-decade journey. And they've built an incredibly engaged community around this topic and Hmm. all of the different nuanced subcategories of investing and earning extra money and tax law optimization and all this stuff and it's it's really similar cuz it's like hey this is this is going to be a process it's not kind of this one and done sale and then we're out of here but we're here to support you along this journey
1: I'm going to check it out because it sounds very interesting you've got quite uh, successes and uh, we'll talk about it in a minute and the podcast as i see it is a big success and i'm sure there are some more but i would like to ask you to share with us your biggest, most critical failure with customers. The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most, almost the most. Can you share that with us?
0: Customer failures. Man, I've got, well, I've got a folder in my Gmail called hate mail for people uh, <laughs> that's, that say less than nice things about me.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> 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 Whatever you choose um, as a failure. I think that hearing about so many failures that each of the successful entrepreneurs having or did in the past and probably will do in the the future as well is helping people to understand what what having a business really means.
0: Yeah, I've definitely been on the receiving end of my share of uh, one star reviews, which other people tell me that's like a badge of honor. Like, hey, you've made it. You got your first hater. Um, and stuff like that. (laughs) But um, I had this, uh, I had a painting business, a house painting business in college. And that was like, a bunch of 19 year olds with paint sprayers, like everything that can go wrong, did go wrong. And that was a really formative (laughs) experience, uh, entrepreneurially, but also from this customer service standpoint, it's like, yes, I'm sorry, Mr. Customer, we did get overspray all over your deck. So yes, I will be back (laughs) next uh, weekend to completely strip it and restain it. And, uh, you know, on my own dime. And yes, I'm sorry, we did get overspray all over your car. We should have learned better. (laughs) And we can cover that up. And now I'm out here with these little uh, clay blocks, like trying to scrape off these individual speckles of paint. And it's just, uh, you know, the kind of these worst case scenario, like everything is fixable, (laughs) but it was just like, uh, you know, you almost have to make these mistakes before you learn, before you know any better. I mean, I had those; those were the customer-facing ones. I had plenty, of, like of you know, wrecking, or, you know, dumping paint all over the inside of my own uh, pickup truck bed just because I didn't put the lid <laughs> back on right, and stuff like that, falling off ladders, which is painful. But you know, that's that's more painful to me than to a customer. But it's like you kind of have to go through that stuff and then figure out how to make it right.
1: And that's why you actually chose something without any um, painting involved, (laughs) any colors involved, going to the podcast. Do you see haters as a a failure?
0: Uh, Not necessarily. Um, If there's, in some, like, going to specifically, like, one-star reviews um, on certain books that I've written, there's usually an element of truth. Like, somebody... To, to make truly one star work is like, ah, eh, come on, there's, there's going to be, look internally a little bit, but usually there's a, a shred of constructive feedback in there. Like, well, why didn't this person find value in this? Like, what's going on there? Like, and, and being able to turn that around and say, oh, okay, this is the perspective that they're coming from. And so I, I can see that and maybe we'll work that into a new and improved edition or take that into account for the next project.
1: Beautiful. Now I would like to ask you about the story of your greatest or most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or customer approach. And um, I think uh, having a podcast and prod- broadcasting is all about customer approach in many ways. And um, can you tell us about success that really uh, something that you did right about approaching your customers?
0: Well, something that I'm probably most proud of is having been uh, self-employed for the last 11 years. And like I said, it was the shoe business that let me quit that job. And what that site really specialized in was, you know, creating a, you know, helping people find the best price. Like I knew this is information that people were looking for. It was difficult to find the existing uh, comparison engine tools out there weren't doing a great job of it. We figured out a a way to write a better comparison algorithm to integrate product level coupons. Like it was very like it was started from the very selfish goal of like, how can I make extra money? How could I build something to quit my (laughs) job? But in doing so, it backed into kind of this very customer focused thing. It was like, hey, this is legitimately the best price and you're not going to find it. In three quarters or you know three fourths of the time, you're not gonna find it better anywhere else, like you know we're going to meet or beat the the price you're gonna find anywhere else you know three fourths of the time, and that turned out to be a hit with customers. It turned out to convert really well and and again, that was the vehicle that that let me say goodbye to the corporate world hmm. and uh, and start doing my own thing.
1: Do you still have it?
0: No, it kind of died a slow and painful death. Um, probably a year and a half into after starting the the podcast, like you, one was kind of on the decline and one was kind of on the upswing. It, yeah, the business played in the margins between the cost of traffic, which was Google AdWords, and what that traffic sure. was worth in terms of affiliate commissions. And over the course of eight or ten years of running it, those margins got narrower and narrower and narrower as the cost mm-hmm. of advertising sure. kind of got up, and and some of these Uh, companies would cut commissions to reduce their marketing costs. And so it's like kind of getting squeezed in the middle there.
1: Can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus, marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really helps you to succeed and might help other entrepreneurs as well.
0: Yeah, there's always going to be a changing arsenal of tools in your tool belt. Um, One that I've been using recently. So I recently did a a course launch on like a start my side hustle type of course. And I wanted to do something special to welcome uh, all the customers to that and do something that would be like individualized and personalized. So I used a service called Loom, which is like kind of a webcam or screen recording software to send kind of personalized welcome videos like, hey, uh, thank you so much, you know, first name, you know, hey, so and so, thank you so much for joining the course. Here's what you can inspect inside. If you have any questions, like feel free to reach out to me individually, like I'm here to support you. And those got um, kind of a surprise and delight type of response. I don't think people were expecting that. Um, and, and it was relatively Quick and straightforward, and the software was free to use. So I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Hmm, it is cool. We will put the link uh, in the show notes as well. You know, there are many factors that uh, affect any um, successful entrepreneur, successful uh, people, but I really believe that for each of us, there is one major factor that really helps us to succeed. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor?
0: <laughs> I was going to I was going to say persistence, but probably everybody says persistence.
1: No, 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 not everybody says persistence is it. And maybe
0: and maybe I'll second that with like a side of resourcefulness, like especially early on like your your number one job is to figure it out. There's always going to be another challenge, another hurdle, and your job is to simply figure it out so you can get to the next step. It's I don't know, a combination of, of persistence and resourcefulness, I think, have have served me really well.
1: Hmm. My last question before I ask you what is the best way to connect with you is my mountain question. I've been imagining this journey of marketing and sales, building the famous snow like and trust in the mind of the customer and then taking possession and build a brand like climbing a mountain step after step after step. And at some point, I started to ask my guests whether they ever climbed the mountain, wish to climb a mountain, or do you have, and that's what I'm asking you, do you have any relationships with mountains at all? And uh, I'm talking about physical mountains, literally mountains, but um, it can be the metaphorical mountains as well.
0: Yeah, I've actually done a share of mountain climbing, especially back in the Pacific Northwest. So I've climbed all five uh, major Washington volcanoes, plus Mount Hood, which wow. is the tallest peak in Oregon. So I've done a little bit of, uh, of climbing in, in the uh, literal sense.
1: Do you have a 40 of that?
0: Oh, I could probably dig something up. <laughs> I'll see if I can find something for you.
1: Nick, what would be the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch?
0: Um, of course, I uh, would love to have you tune in to the Side Hustle show available on whatever podcast app that you like. Uh, if you hit up sidehustlenation.com slash ideas, if you're kind of in that uh, ideas stage uh, or looking for a business, that's my constantly updated laundry list of part-time business ideas that you can start today. Hmm. It sounds like your audience may be um, a little bit further along, like in the marketing and, and sales type of type of things. So I'll point you to sidehustlenation.com/grow, which is a list of uh, kind of proven marketing strategies of getting in front of customers in their uh, in their natural habitats uh, in some way. So uh, those would probably be the the best. And then uh, through the Facebook group as well as uh, is, is a place where I'm pretty active, and that's sidehustlenation.com/fb. So that's great, and we
1: will put all of these links in the show notes. Nick, I would like to thank you so much for this conversation, for um, just uh, sharing some of your journey with us. Thank you for coming.
0: All right. Well, thank you.
1: Thank you and take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision.